Hi, welcome to Exploring the Divine Feminine. I'm your host, Ramona Sidaway, and this is episode 26. If you're following along the podcast, um, I don't know what episode this would be on YouTube. And yes, I know people have been asking me, when are you going to post these to YouTube? <clears throat> and uh, that's just what my next step. Um, trying to figure out how much editing to do and just takes longer and and, but that's really my next big thing is I would love to start posting on my YouTube channel. So welcome. Um, today's podcast might be a little bit shorter, but some things I've been thinking. So this year in Come Follow Me, we're studying the Old Testament. And we're starting out with in Moses chapter 1. And I've loved the Old Testament since I started really studying the scriptures when I had just two little kids and I started with the Institute Manual. I had some great commentaries that helped me understand the Old Testament. And I, I started with the Old Testament and I fell in love with it. And one of the things that we need to realize as we study is that the Old Testament has, um, we, we've got to look for those patterns and the um, what's applicable to us in our life. And there's tons. But if you look at overall, it's a temple text, and um, there's a lot of symbolism. Um, it's all about, the Old Testament's all about patterns, priesthood, and the temple. And then, of course, the very center of all of that is Jesus Christ. Um, I start thinking, as we go back to the temple, um, I noticed this as if principle is what I call it, as if. There's a lot of times in the scriptures where a promise is given to a prophet, um, most notably, and it was a blessing, a promise, as if it had already come to pass. And this method in the scriptures is noted as a prophetic perfect. And we see this most notice, noticeably in when Lehi, and he's talking, um, it's in First Nephi 5, chapter 5, verse 5, and he is talking to his wife, and she's upset, understandably. I think this is before, yeah, they had sent out their sons, and this is before they came back. And he's told her, but behold, I have obtained a land of promise in the which things I do rejoice, yea, and I know that the Lord will deliver my sons out of the hands of Laban and bring them down again unto us in the wilderness. I, I find this scripture fascinating uh, for a couple of reasons. The very first part is the prophetic perfect, where he says, I have obtained a land of promise. It's before the sons came back, before they built the ship, and before they got over to the Americas. In that sense, he's saying, I have obtained, and then I like, um, it's interesting where he says, I know that the Lord will deliver my sons. There, on one hand, there's a promise. On the other hand, there is faith, a trust. When I started, uh, the reason I really started down this path with this podcast episode is, um, you know, we just finished up with General Conference. We got our General Conference ensign. And you open at that middle fold, and it has... Um, big pictures of the leadership of the church and yes as a woman I look at that and I go it's it's an all-male leadership mostly there's a couple of women but um, there is an overwhelming amount of testosterone and it's not 
bothered me. I think that's been a gift, but I know that it does bother some women and I wanted to address this. I, I do not know why it is mostly male because I do believe this is a, this is a, the Lord's church. It's the way he's organized it. But one thing we do need to keep in mind is that the church that is on the earth now, it's a scaffolding. It's temporary. It's a temporary structure and it's a scaffolding for the family. So all of those things that all male leadership, it's just, it's for the church. It's for this organization here. When we get to the other side, it's going to be, there's not going to be a church. We are going to be in families. And in fact, um, a couple of weeks ago when we were studying the in the Doctrine and Covenants, there was um, a quote that Heber C. Kimball, he related a vision shared by uh, President Grant, Jedediah Grant, on his deathbed. And he said to me, Brother Heber, I have been to the spirit world two nights in succession. And of all the dreads that ever came across me, the worst was to have to again return to my body, though I had to do it. But, oh, says he, the order and government that were there when I saw the spirit world, I saw the order of righteous men and women beheld them in their several grades, and there appeared to be no obstruction to my vision. Hold on a second. I'm going to text my husband, make sure he doesn't come in while I'm taping, while I'm recording. Anyway, so I'm hoping, I've been watching a lot of different YouTubers, and they just take it as life comes, and... I thought, you know what, I, I've just got to reduce some of the stress that I have in my author business. And one of those is just not to worry about that editing part as much. So you're going to get more of the real life here with me. But anyway, President Grant, he was talking about that he could see every man and woman uh, in their grade and order. And I, I'm not exactly sure what that means by grade, but, you know, some kind of separation. But I looked to see whether there was any disorder there, but there was none. Neither could I see any death nor any darkness, disorder, or confusion. He said that the people he there saw were organized in capacities. And when he looked at them, he saw grade after grade, and all were organized and in perfect harmony. My internet's going to be cutting out too. I'm in a weird place in the house. The post-mortal life is going to be different than what it is than in the church. And so the the church organization is it's temporary. And it's to me, it's very administrative. And it's all meant to bring families back to Heavenly Father and to point us towards Christ. It's not to replace Christ. It's not to replace the family. And I've noticed that the church in, in the last several years have been working very hard on making it a family-focused church, um, a family-centered church, and not a church-centered church, as it has been in the past. That helps me with, I know, with the male, all-male leadership. And that's one of those things that um, I'm... I'm just happy to put it on the back burner. I don't understand everything and I've not always been happy with a lot of with some of the 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 male leadership, but to be completely honest, I've not been happy with all of the female leadership that we have through. So it's not necessarily a gender thing. But as we we ponder some of those things and other things in life that seem unfair or that are unfair, let's just put it that way, especially within the church um, when it talks about women 
um, uh, for instance, like in Latin countries, the church tends to focus on really getting men into the into the church, and because women will join like crazy, no issues there. And as I discussed that with my husband, because um, it, you know, I thought, well, does that just mean that the Lord's only concerned about the men and not to be focused on the women? And he had served in a in a Latin American country, and he said um, one of the reasons that they need to do it that way is that they need that priesthood there or the church will collapse. There will be no support for anybody, um, not the women and not the children. So it's more of a line upon line. And as we know in the Latin countries, the the patriarchal system there is different than in the United States and in Europe. We just have to accept that that's the way it is and work within that culture, whether or not we appreciate it. With that, and other unfairness that we go through in life, whether it's because we are single, divorced, widowed, never married, not had children, um, children gone astray, husband or spouse is not active or not a member. I mean, whatever, you know, our physical body is not um, exactly as we would want it. We have to take into account all of those unfairness, and, and yes, it's because of we live in a mortal world, but I turn to this as-if principle, that just like Lehi, um, we have been promised, we have been given a land of promise, and we have not yet arrived there, but how would we live, how would we speak and act and uh, behave if we were living in that land of promise. That's where I get the as if. We live, act, behave, and speak as if we already possessed those blessings that we seek so diligently, um, whether it's relationships that we wish we had, if it's um, uh, just the basic unfairness, whether it's uh, leadership in the church or just anything that you feel like that you have in your life, that I have in my life, um, some of them are private and some of them are we're vocal about, but to live as if we have already obtained those blessings. And I know for me, uh, the first thing would be just the sigh of relief, the sigh of uh, finally and of joy. So I thought, well, if I would have joy, if I had those blessings, I can have joy now because I'm I'm going to get those blessings, right? Just like Lehi, he obtained his land of promise. Now, things obviously smooth sailing once he got there, but he was excited about that blessing, and he was living as if he had already possessed it. So many things that have changed over the the history of the church, and uh, one of the one of the neat stories that we talked about in DNC was Elijah Abel, who was an African American gentleman who was ordained to the priesthood by, now people thought it was Joseph Smith, but it wasn't. Um, and I forgot who he was, but he was faithful his whole life. And he, he went with the saints to Salt Lake. He helped build the Salt Lake temple. 
and he was not able to enter the temple even though he had the priesthood and he would frequently go to Brigham Young and, and ask him can I please go through and receive my endowments can I go through the temple I already have the priesthood and Brigham the the it had already been put in place about African Americans and the priesthood and I'm not going to go into that on this podcast I'm not going to the political thing or the what ifs or um of the whys but what I think was amazing was that he maintained faith, even though the time was, um, it was unfair, definitely for him, uh, it, in our mortal understanding. I will just say this one thing, um, my last book signing, I had this wonderful African-American woman come in and she was um, the first baptized African-American in Houston. Um, and this was obviously before the priesthood was uh, given, restored to all faithful members. And um, she said her son was baptized just a month before the, um, that proclamation, came, that declaration came out. She, this was her, we were talking about it, and she felt like that it offered more protection for African-Americans. Uh, now, I, this, these were her thoughts as an African-American. I, I don't know. There were so many things going on at that time culturally. And um, she went into that of her thoughts and her feelings. Um, either way, it was unfair. It was totally unfair. But that was something that they had to live through at that time. And the choices that they had was either to be faithful to the gospel or not. Those were the choices that they were faced. And I think we face that as women. I've talked a lot about how we are um, emerging from the wilderness. Our time is here and uh, our, we've been unveiled. And we're standing side by side more and more with men. And I think it's n not because we weren't ready. Um, but I think because in part the culture wasn't ready. I, I mean, I don't know, maybe the men weren't ready in the church or whatever. I'm not going to fill in the blanks for the Lord. Um, I just know there was a lot of frustration in the past, but look at how much has been changing for the women. And we've had a greater understanding of the priesthood. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, we now have women accepting temple recommends. The temple recommend desk the, they're scanning them so it's a man and a woman before it was always just two men um, women are now witnesses in the ceiling room in the um, when people are married in baptisms it, it's just an incredible time and I think for me it feels more incredible I've been living I've lived in both time periods and my granddaughters will never know what it was like to not be able to be a witness, to not have, be able to accept temple recommends. And there's other things that have changed in the, in the temple that are just bringing us closer and closer equal as, as one men and women. And I think we're doing it more and more in the administrative level. Um, but always in the celestial level, always, it's always a family unit. It's Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother, always. And with the children, the Son of Jesus Christ, and we are his siblings. And 
that has never changed. That's always been constant. And we are talking more and more about Heavenly Mother and her role in our lives. And you're going to be, we're all going to be seeing a lot more of that. And I'm so excited for that. We behave as if we have those blessings. We behave as if we are, um, are acting in full leadership with, with the brethren. And in most cases we are. And I don't think that I would change my lifestyle much. I, I wouldn't change it at all because whether or not it was possible for me to become a prophet or a prophetess over the church, what does that change for the way I behave now in my life? As the as if principle, how would I behave? I'd still try my hardest to be obedient. I would still attend the temple. I would still try to work as a partner with my still read my scriptures. I would still attend the temple. I would still serve. Think about the the blessings you would like to have if there's a child that is not active. Um, that's a that's one that I can relate to and in my case I just act as if um, as if this child was back full in the church and um, going to the temple. How would I treat this child? How would I be myself? I I would love this child. I would be happy and in their lives, and and that's what I do. I, I it wouldn't change. I mean, yes, there would be that sense of relief. Another promise that we have is in Psalm sixty-eight, verse. Uh, let me look at my Psalm sixty-eight, verse six, and I love this because. Um, it says, God setteth the solitary in families. Did you remember that scripture in, in DNC? I'm trying to remember what it was, but he, it was um, someone about that we refer to as polygamy because uh, Joseph Smith went to, the, went to the Lord and was asking about it. And the Lord was telling him, don't worry, I will give you a hundred mothers, a hundred brothers, a hundred sisters. And I just wonder, um, at the blessings, he's just going to restore to us the blessings that we desire, the the promises that we have been given, the land of promises, to increase that a hundredfold. And all we have to do is just keep on the path and keep moving forward one step at a time. So the times when we all feel lonely, we feel solitary, we feel like we're the only ones going through something, we have that promise in Psalms is that sometimes we just, we feel as if we don't have that family support, whether we, we do have a physical family, but that aloneness that we feel and, um, and the Lord promises in Psalms, I'm going to put you there in, in a promised family and a hundred brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and spouses and it's more of a of a state a more of a condition than this physical idea that we're going to get a hundred I mean you know we've already got a hundred brothers and sisters right in the eternal sense if we're feeling estranged especially if we're feeling on the outside because we tend to go to the church when everybody's on Sundays everybody's dressed up and we think they've got this easy, perfect life. And we don't see them when they're at home and the struggles that they go through and in their hearts. And sometimes we feel estranged because we 
don't have this mold that we think exists. Um, and that mold is going to look different for every person depending on what they think they lack. That's where I feel like we need to have joy now as if we have obtained that promise of no longer feeling solitary and estranged that we are in that um, that family that the, the Lord promises us in Psalms. So everything, especially for women, is everything's line upon line. Quote, I got it from uh, the Doctrine and Covenants Central. And it says, with the end of his time on earth so near, President Smith's vision of great prophets and missionaries assured him that though one phase of his labor was about to come to a close, an entirely new phase was about to begin. And this was Joseph F. Smith, and he had that those visions about the afterlife just right before he died because he was going through a time, this was during the Spanish flu and the World War I, and um, so the death was heavy on his mind, uh, family. And he just knew that there was always going to there was going to be a new phase entering into the church and um and there was a new phase for him for all of us when we leave this earth life so don't let's not get too caught on what we are lacking in this life and live in the moment live in the joy of that promise as if we already had that promise in our lives live in this moment of of great blessings of great revelation. It's a wonderful time to be a woman. We are called upon to to share our voices with the world. The world needs more women to stand up. And I know I've talked about this in the past, is that there's something about a woman's voice because even our very presence gives life. And that voice will offer life and restoration to people who are struggling. You may not know when someone is struggling, but if you reach out and offer life to anyone who comes into your way, then I feel like you will be offering, that you will be giving every single person a moment of respite, a moment of restoration, a moment of hope, because everybody struggles with something. Everybody has to put something on the back burner and wait for the next phase, to wait for the next line upon line. To a lot of us wait, have to wait on somebody else and somebody else's free agency. But that doesn't mean that we have a placeholder. We're not placeholders. If we're waiting for a spouse, if we're waiting for children, waiting for children to come home, to come back to the gospel, are we are the Lord does not want us to sit and wait and just to be a placeholder in time. He wants us to keep moving forward and work as if we had that child back, as if we had a whole houseful of of a joyous family, as if we had a perfect physical body. It could become a great blessing to us. It does feel like sometimes we especially when we're younger, we're always waiting on the next phase, um, waiting to graduate. If you're waiting, waiting for marriage, children, house, reunited with loved ones, missions, our bodies, we're waiting for our bodies to do X, Y, or Z, or to be X, Y, or Z, right? Waiting or rest. At every phase, we are expected to work, to serve, to teach within our capacity and personal missions and ministries. 
That's one of those thoughts that I had. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, if you have any questions, if you, if there is something you want me to address in this podcast or in this uh, YouTube channel, just um, I'll have it in the show notes. You can reach me always on my website, RamonaSitaway.com or RamonaSitaway at gmail.com. I would love for you to subscribe and join me on Facebook or on Instagram. I have, um, we have a private group community that's amazing called Exploring the Divine Feminine. It's a private group, but it's, it's not hard to get in. Um, I'm just trying to keep the trolls out, but we talk about all of these things. We have discussions. We talk about mother in heaven, about being a woman in the church, and we do it with an eye single to the glory of God. Um, we do it with a standpoint that we are loved and we have the blessing to love other people and to bring joy and light and life into their lives. Reach out. I love getting emails. Um, check out my book, We Are Adam. You can find it on Amazon or Cedar Ford or Target.com, anywhere that you can buy books online. It's available. And if you have read it, I would love for you to please leave a review on Amazon. It helps so much with the algorithms. And um, if you have any comments, just let me know. Thank you so much for joining me. And I, I appreciate the faith and support in the prayers and have an awesome day. Bye.